Now, for decades, autism has been viewed as something to be fixed. Now, that idea is well on its way out. Kids with autism don't need to be cured they need to be embraced. That's according to new national guidelines launched today by the federal government. It outlines the best ways to ensure there's effective and consistent support for children up to the age of 12. Andrew Whitehouse is a professor of autism research and he co-chaired the guideline development group. Welcome to you, Andrew. Is this a landmark moment for autism here in Australia? It sure is, Andy, and thank you so much for having me on. It is a landmark moment. Um, These guidelines were developed by the Autism CRC, and what they represent is the very first time that in Australia that we've had an authoritative guide as to what represents evidence-based practice in Australia. I'm I'm long enough to have uh, old enough now to have been in the field for 20, 25 years, and I think back 25 years and think about what we were doing back then and how families would come to us with their child who they loved to bits and who was also developing differently and asking us for help. And we tried our best, but certainly we were scrabbling in the dark to a certain extent. 25 years later, this guideline represents that authoritative guide that can help guide evidence-based practice in Australia. So each child, no matter where you are in Australia, is getting the very best care. Yeah, so let's talk about previous practice. Was it formally the case that different clinics in different states were going it alone? I mean, why is a national approach so important? Important. Yeah, it, it is certainly the um, it's certainly the case that there has been inconsistency in the way that we provide therapies and support to autistic kids. We certainly have um, the vast majority of the uh, uh, clinical population providing really good care, albeit in different ways. And there is certainly a small minority of of cases where there is poor care or harmful care that's being provided, and that's really provides the urgency for a piece of work like this. So what we did is we conducted extensive literature reviews and really deep consultation with over a thousand people across Australia. And we combined all of that evidence to to come up with 84 recommendations that provide very clear guidance, step-by-step guidance as to um, what is evidence-based practice that is safe, effective and desirable to kids and families. If you just tuned in, Professor Andrew Whitehouse is here. We're talking about the new National Autism Guidelines. I mean, there are over 80 recommendations here, Andrew. What are some of the most important ones? Uh, look, we, we absolutely say that we need to take them as a whole, but what I can certainly do is, is highlight areas that are of really great importance. Now, one of the things that we have in this guideline is, is um, a recommendation around what we call neurodiversity affirming supports, and that is around the idea that um, we have moved on from the views in the 80s and 70s around curing autism. What, what, what that practice essentially means, neurodiversity affirming, means that kids are all kids are beautiful the way that they come into the world. There are some kids, kids on the autism spectrum, who are born with additional challenges. And what it is, is that it's our job as therapists, as support people, to sit down with that family to understand what are their barriers to thriving and how we can remove those barriers in their lives so they can be whoever they want to be. And that's a really important part of this guideline. So looking at these guidelines, they obviously outline what is safe, clinical, uh, evidence-driven practice. But do they also point out what is not? Because there has been, you know, some reporting in the past about practices 
which are controversial and perhaps it is incumbent on a federal government committee such as yours to outline what isn't safe for young Australians with autism. Yeah, it's a a great point. And yes, there have been all sorts of um, really sinister practices that have persisted and and, and practices that are harmful. And um, what this guideline does is very clearly name those therapies that do have evidence and that should be endorsed and approved by um, the federal government. And and, um, public money can and should be spent on these because these have evidence to be safe and effective in supporting um, autistic kids. And that's the key element here is that we do very clearly name those uh, uh, supports that have very good evidence behind it and those are the ones that need to be supported. At this stage, these guidelines are not mandatory, but should they be, especially given the obvious implications for the NDIS? Without a doubt. These are an absolute gift to the NDIS. Um, um, What we need is to have very clear operational guidelines as to how the NDIS can operate for um, children on the spectrum and and how do we support them and their families. This guideline really provides that step-by-step um, process where the NDIS can invest, because that's what it is, an investment in these kids um, in, in a way that we know is safe and is effective and will return on that investment many, many fold. Do the guidelines or did your committee consider a definition of autism? Uh, we look. We have previously um, discussed different definitions of autism. Certainly, when we're talking about clinical guidelines um, for autism, we really go for um, the the diagnostic definition, which is where we diagnose based on a series of of deficits, which is social communication impairment and presence of uh, restrictive and repetitive behaviours. But we also know what is not in the diagnostic guidelines are all the strengths that we see for autistic people and the strengths around personality, character, honesty, trust. All of these things um, are are really important uh, elements that we can capitalise upon and really leverage in our therapy process. And so when we're talking about autism, um, we're talking about the clinical definition, but we also know there are many strengths and we also know that many people um, see autism as, as an identity as well. What we really seek to do here is to say that however you come, you are valued um, and we will uh, seek to reduce those barriers in your life so you can be whoever you want to be. Of course, these guidelines are written for children. Uh, should Australians with autism as adults expect a national evidence-based approach next? Yeah. Oh, look, I think that's a logical next step. Um, the reason that we focused on um, autistic kids first is because um, that's where the uh, significant amount of therapy and um, public investment typically occurs within those first uh, 12 years of life. But that doesn't mean that um, ongoing support is not necessary and absolutely required to help uh, autistic adults um, um, participate within society. And so that seems to me to be a logical next step to how can we actually provide um, better care, better support um, uh, for autistic adults in our community. Professor of Autism Research, Andrew Whitehouse, appreciate your time. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Thanks, Andy. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.